Right now, we're going to talk college football, Utah and Colorado. And we are joined by Mark Johnson, the play-by-play voice of the Colorado Buffaloes. He is on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a line of service with the Flex Lease. Now, through December 26th, visit the Sprint store nearest you. Mark, good morning. Gentlemen, good morning. Happy belated uh, Thanksgiving. Happy belated Thanksgiving to you, too. And I guess uh, first thing before we look ahead, uh, let's look back. How high are the Buffs riding after beating Washington and keeping their bowl hopes alive? Well, they're feeling pretty good about things, especially when you consider that there was a five-game losing streak in the middle of this season that uh, you know had had things pointed in obviously the wrong direction. But I'll say this, Mel Tucker in his first year, I think he's done a pretty good job of riding the ship here and, and kind of directing things. And he's shown a steadiness, and, and I, I think a lot of people in Buff Nation right now are feeling pretty good about the direction of things, even though you know they're, they're kind of uh, playing with fire this weekend, wanting to get bowl eligible, playing against a very good Utah team. But I think all in all, the way things have gone this season, everyone feels real good about year number one of Mel Tucker. Yeah, you know, uh, we go down and we broadcast down there, Pac-12 Media Day, and we're there six hours, and they bring all the coaches, all the players come through and we've been doing it since uh, both teams joined the conference so we've been down there nine years now and you know, there's been a slew of new coaches and when Mel Tucker came in and sat beside us I really felt like all right if Colorado's going to get something going it seems to me he's the right guy and then you look at his qualifications and I don't know what the deal was in prior years but it seemed like somebody who deserved a head coaching job. There was nobody more deserving than Mel Tucker with all the experience that he had. And so I would agree with you from a distance anyway. You're there day to day. It seems like he is the right man to get this program where I don't know that it can get back to where it was maybe in the early 90s, but I think it can get back to being competitive and competing for bowl bids, and he's your guy. Well, you know, I I think back to when they let Mike McIntyre go. And and, and Mike did a nice job of... I think, you know, laying a little foundation for, you know, now Mel to come in and, and obviously take the baton and kind of move it forward. But I remember saying to Rick George, uh, the athletic director at CU, I said, you're not going to ask me who to, who to hire. But I said, uh, here's a little bit of advice I'm going to give you. Just having, you know, been in the, the seat of a play-by-play guy and a voice of a program now for 30-some years over various, uh, you know, institutions, I said, find a guy that is big enough for the room. He's a big dog. He's not going to crumble under pressure. Now, you know, uh, Kyle Whittingham is obviously that kind of guy. Here at Colorado, they've had Bill McCartney and Gary Barnett was that way. And they, they haven't had that guy that, that, you know, hadn't crumbled under the pressure the last three coaches they've had come through here. And, and I think he went out and found that guy. And, and that's what I love about Mel. He understands who he is. He knows what his vision is. Uh, he has set his sights on, on the horizon out there. And basically, it's you're either going to come along for the ride, or we're going to do this together, or you can find some else, you know, some other place to be. And, and there have been a few guys that left this program. They did after spring ball. There's been a couple of guys during the season who have realized maybe I'm not willing to do what he's asking me to do. But as you mentioned, he's been at places. He's been at uh, LSU. He's been at Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia. He played uh, in a very good program in Wisconsin. And so he's been there and seen how it's done and says this is the way it's going to be. And he hasn't altered any of that. You know, through the good and bad. 
that. And, and uh, the, when we started the season, they had a great start to the year, obviously, sitting at 3-1 and one at one point in time. And everyone kept asking me, what do you think of Mel? What do you think of Mel? I said, well, let me tell you what I think of him after I see him go through, you know, a, a lose a two, three, four ball games in a row. They lost five in a row. And, and he didn't alter his demeanor. He didn't alter his approach. He didn't alter anything. And so I think what, what you noticed that day at media day and what I've seen now through 11 games this season is why I think everyone here in, in Boulder, Colorado, is feeling pretty good about things. So what has to be done for, and I guess this is a question for a lot of the Pac-12, but certainly for Colorado, to get to the next step and to have eight-win teams, you know, teams that are ranked, seems sure. that, because uh, a lot of the frustration here for Ute fans, when people say, well, the schedule isn't good enough for the, uh, you know, to get into the playoffs, well, three-quarters of your schedule is your league schedule. So right. if there's a bunch of teams sitting at five and six and six and five, you can't really control that. You can control the other three games. So, you know, that's on you. But nine of them are on the conference. What has to happen to get the, to that eight or nine win plateau? Well, I, I think it's, it's obviously what, what, what we all have to do. We've got to get better on the roster. And, and you know, he is in it. This is another reason why everyone here is feeling pretty good about things. Uh, you, you know, if you follow recruiting very closely and working for the university, as I do, I can't talk a lot about specific guys other than Antonio Alfano, who's the, uh, the player, the, the number one recruit in America for 2019 that went to Alabama, had some family issues, and then I was transferred uh, to Colorado. So they've got him coming in for, for next season, potentially. Uh, but he's been recruiting. And in following that, just kind of seeing you know, what the tea leaves read out there, he's done a fantastic job in terms of the commitment. Now we'll find out on December 18th if all those guys hold, but that's going to be the bottom line. And, and so he has made the decision when he got here that I'm not shying away from going for a guy just because maybe Georgia and Alabama are on him. He's gone after some of the top names in the country, uh, certainly in the western part of the country. And, and so far, it would, the indications would be in terms of who's committed, he's, he's done very well in that regard. So, you know, listen, that's the lifeblood for what all of us do. And, and when you're out of Utah, you're out of Colorado, you've got to be better evaluators because maybe you might miss the five-star guy, but you find the three-star guy who, who uh, turns out to be a phenomenal player. And, and obviously Utah's done that at a high level here in recent years, and Colorado's got to be better at that. And so, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the next step. We'll see if Mel is able to reel in the big fish and then find the fish that might end up being big-time players by the time they leave here. So as far as them giving Utah a game and having an opportunity to win, we know that the Utes have a ton on the line. Colorado, in its own respect, being bowl eligible, wouldn't mean a lot, obviously, in Tucker's first year. Utes have higher stakes. We understand that. Uh, It's going to be a tall task that you've already spoken to. You look at Utah's defense, and it's just been simply overwhelming. They've got potentially up to eight guys who can play in the NFL next season. Not down the line, next season. And that, that obviously says a whole lot. But as I look at Colorado's offense, you know, Montez, to me, we've been seeing him now for a number of years. I think he's a gutty, tough dude. I know he got hurt, what, in the Washington game. It came back. And so when I look at their passing game with him, because I think he's a potential NFL quarterback, you know, SC has the best receivers. But when I throw Chenault and Brown there, those are a couple of pretty good receivers. Obviously, Chenault is in the level of his own. And then Brown has been a nice addition to this team this year. Do you think that they can move the ball to any degree, have any success through the air to maybe put a scare into Utah, speaking of acknowledging Utah's defense and how dominant it's been? Well, I think that's, that's certainly the plan. And, and obviously, you look at those numbers by Utah's defense surrendering 
was it 14 touchdowns only this season and giving up uh, you know double digit yardage uh, rushing to football uh, that, that that's certainly going to be a challenge you know now, now as you mentioned Lavisca Chenault, he, he's as dynamic as anybody in America as, as long as I've been doing this I've never seen a better one I'll tell you this here here's a great assessment of Lavisca Chenault. Gary Barnett who's who's had a phenomenal coaching career does a broadcast with me I, I just said to him here a few weeks ago I said where would you rank him all time with all the guys you've seen you think of some of the great Colorado teams he was with as an assistant and what he did in Northwestern come back and his his own teams he says Mark he's as good as any player I've ever seen so that that cat's dynamic um, you know as as for Stephen Montez I mean he he's got as good an arm as anybody in America his issue this issue with Stephen has been the fact that he's had three offensive coordinators in the last three years and, and that's awful tough for a quarterback and so I I think that stunted sometimes what he's uh, you know, tried to do uh, evolving and maturing between the ears because physically he's got all the talent in the world. And, you know, when he's good, he's very good. When, when he has been bad, he's had some really bad games. So it's been an inconsistency thing with him. You mentioned Tony Brown, who's just a, he's just a pro out there, the way he kind of approaches things. Katie Nixon can be dynamic at times. So they've got well weapons. Alex Fontenot has developed as, as a nice running back. Now, now, can they go out? and establish a running game against this Utah defense? I, I think you know that's the great question in terms of what we're going to see tomorrow uh, at Rice-Eccles is if they can do that because the, the last few weeks, all of a sudden, they have found a running game. That is, it has come out and, and been pretty impressive. And when Mel got here, he kept that was the one thing he kept talking about. I know all coaches say these kind of things, but he stayed fast with it that you know we're going to run the ball on our terms. And last week, against a very solid uh, Washington defense, they went out the last couple of possessions. In fact, they did that two weeks prior to that against Stanford and ran the ball when everybody knew they were going to. And so uh, they're feeling pretty good anyway about the way they've done that here in recent weeks. And so I guess the question will be, can they do that against, you know, hands down the best defense in, in the Pac-12? And I, I, I guess we'll find that answer out tomorrow afternoon. You know, you talked about that five-game uh, losing streak and, and some of the games that were in there were tougher, you know, Oregon and USC. But at the end of it, the fifth one was a loss to UCLA and they ran for 200 yards Obviously, the Utes love to run the ball. That's Kyle Whittingham's bread and butter right there. Do you expect the Utes to put up big numbers the way UCLA did, or has something changed along the D-line and they're better now? Um, well, that's, that's kind of a loaded question to lay it out that way. Um, you know, do I expect Colorado to go and just, just roll over for Utah? No, if that's what you're asking, absolutely not. Um, but you know they, they've that defense has been maligned this season, and, and it's been exceptionally young. Really, when this year started, they only had two guys that really had played any football for Colorado. There were a couple of good ones, and Nate Lamon and for Mustafa Johnson up front. Uh, and then they got hit with injuries on that side of the ball. But the last couple of weeks, I think Tyson Summers did a pretty good job of dialing up some pressures, and they've grown. Uh, but you know, will, will they be able to slow down uh, Utah? You know, I don't know. They they did a pretty good job last week uh, holding uh, Washington under 100 yards. They've been running the ball exceptionally well. So, you know, that, that's also going to be one of the one of the great storylines of this ball game by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, I think that if they've got a shot, it's going to have to be low scoring, much in the way the last two ball games in which the Buffs won were low scoring with a 16 to 13 over Stanford and a 20 to 14 over Washington. I don't think that you're going to score. 30, 35 points against the Utes. So if they can control the ball, whether it's through the passing attack and, and, and Fontenot a little bit running, averaging 100 yards the last couple of games, I think that's the best way that they could have to hope to pull the upset. Would you agree, disagree? 
probably going to have to be a low-scoring game, you know. But it wasn't that long ago when Colorado came into uh, Salt Lake City and Utah was playing for the South, and John Embry and those guys came in at once. So it's college football. Anything can happen. Stephen F. Austin beat Duke at, at Cameron Indoor a couple of days ago in college basketball. So, uh, But chances are, it's probably not going to be a 42-35 kind of game if Colorado's going to win this thing. Yeah. Played one of those once upon a time, too. Hey, Mark, we appreciate a few minutes getting up early on the, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Thanks for doing it and joining us this morning. You bet. See you. Mark Johnson, Colorado Buffs play-by-play voice, joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.